As Americans, we love emancipation stories and make heroes out of those who fight for freedom. Harriet Tubman risking her life to save many via the Underground Railroad is one example. Another is Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. His speech changed American history and forever placed the 16th president on the list of great Americans. More than 3,000 years ago, slavery had sucked the life out of the Hebrew people. The only answer to their painful plight was freedom from Pharaoh's bondage, an exodus that brought them out of Egypt. And their only hope was a redeemer named Moses. Apart from God, we too are slaves to sin. We need emancipation. And our only hope is a redeemer named Jesus, who is the Christ. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. The book of Genesis is largely about the creation of man and the fall of man. But in Exodus, the second book of the Bible, God gives us a beautiful illustration of the redemption of man. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian. Thanks for tuning in. Well, 400 years have passed between the end of Genesis and the opening of Exodus. God's chosen people, the Israelites, are enslaved in Egypt, and God sets in motion the events to set them free from their bondage. Ron takes us there next as he continues his teaching series, Route 66, the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, Exodus, Freedom from Slavery. Well, the Ten Commandments is, uh, as a movie, probably one of the most epic productions ever to come out of Hollywood. It was uh, released in 1956, produced and directed by Cecil B. DeMille. Most of us attach the name Cecil B. DeMille to the movie called The Exodus. Back then, it was one of the first, if not the first, movies produced in Technicolor, (laughs) Uh, the advanced technology and film technology of its day. It was also uh, uh, the most expensive production of its era. Probably not much by today's standards, but it was a very expensive movie to make. It was uh, DeMille's last and uh, most successful movie that he ever produced. Uh, two actors added in their, uh, their star power. Do you remember the lead played by Charlton Heston? He played uh, Moses. And then uh, do you remember who played uh, Pharaoh Ramses? It was a guy named Yule Brenner. I mean, there's just nothing more epic than, you know, the Ten Commandments. It still runs on uh, some streaming platforms today. And I use the word epic to describe the movie version of the Hebrew Exodus, because the book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible, is enormously significant. Did I say it was enormously significant? I I don't know if we can even measure uh, how huge and how significant the book of Exodus is in the larger aspect of God's story. Now, in the Hebrew language, the word now actually begins the book of Genesis, signifying that it's the continuation of a story a story that began in, well, the book of Genesis that we looked at last week. 
And even though it's the continuation of a story, much time has passed between the end of Genesis and the beginning of Exodus, about 400 plus years. At the end of Genesis, we find Jacob migrating to Egypt. There was a famine, a worldwide famine. There was food in Egypt. And so Jacob and the 70 members of his family make their way to Egypt. Jacob is reunited with his long-lost son, Joseph. And uh, that's where we kind of leave it at the end of um, the book of Genesis. 400-plus years later, we find the Hebrew people still in Egypt, only now the 70 have grown to, some estimates are, over 2 million people. And that uh, starry sky that the Lord had shown to Abraham that I will you know, make you the father of many, many descendants, oh, it's starting to populate. Only now they've become a threat to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and, and, and Pharaoh enslaves them. And we come to Exodus, and the people of Israel are crying out in pain and suffering. And the Lord God of heaven and earth hears their cry. If Genesis begins with uh, the bang of creative brilliance that is summarized in four words, let there be light, Exodus begins in the whimper of pain and suffering, again summarized in four words, let my people go. And that's where we are at the beginning of the book of Genesis. Now, structurally, let me just give you kind of an overview of the large brushstrokes in the book of Genesis. It breaks down nicely into three sections. Chapters 1 to 18, uh, I would apply the word liberty. It is all about the exodus, their freedom from slavery, I like to say. In chapters 19 through 24, we'll attach the word law, because now it moves from freedom from slavery to, I say, freedom to live right before God. Uh, chapter 19 brings us to the base of Sinai and uh, the giving of the law, the Ten Commandments, and all the ordinances and judgments that follow after that. And then verse, or chapters 25 through 40, um, we have a detailed description of a traveling worship facility known as the tabernacle. Uh, later turned into a permanent worship facility called the temple, but uh, the tent of meeting or the tabernacle is uh, laid out in chapters 25 and 40. And we go from the freedom, freedom from slavery to freedom to live right before God to freedom to worship God. Uh, the, the theme of the book of Exodus, you might guess, is, is all about freedom. And it dovetails beautifully with Jesus Christ, who when he came on the scene as Messiah, he says, I have come to set the captives free. Uh, get, get, get absorbed into the historical story here of the Hebrew people who were enslaved to the Egyptians, but don't miss the spiritual application that, that prior to coming to faith in Christ, we are enslaved to sin. We have a modern term to describe that. It's called addictions. And we highlight some addictions that are more addictive than others, but all sin enslaves us. But Jesus Christ who is all over in foreshadows and types and pictures, all over the book of Exodus, came to set the captives free. He hears our cry. He hears our pain and suffering. And the God of heaven is saying, let my people go. And he sends a redeemer uh, called Jesus to do just that. 
Uh, let's go back and kind of walk through these three broad brushstrokes in the book of Exodus, beginning with this uh, time of, of freedom from slavery. Uh, it's a large section, chapters 1 through 18, but more than 3,000 years ago, slavery had sucked the life out of the Hebrew people. And the only answer to their painful plight was freedom from Pharaoh's bondage. Their only hope was a redeemer. And a guy named Moses comes upon the scene, a Hebrew son rescued from the Nile River as a baby and raised in Pharaoh's household as a prince of Egypt. Now, Moses was educated in the best Egyptian schools, and according to some, he was being groomed to become the next Pharaoh. But at the age of 40, Moses made a terrible mistake. One day he saw an Egyptian mistreating one of the Hebrews, his fellow Hebrews, and Moses struck the man dead. He tried to cover up his mistake uh, by burying his mistake in the sands of the desert, but it was too late. News had gotten out that Moses had murdered somebody, and Moses fled. He, he fled to uh, the backside of the Midian Desert, and for the next 40 years of his life, from age 40 to age 80, Moses is in self-exile, herding sheep for his father-in-law in the Midian Desert. And at age 80, Moses hears the voice of God calling out to him from a burning bush. Now take your Bible and turn with me, and let's pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Well, Almighty God made his redemption intention clear to Moses there at the burning bush. And he also made clear to Moses that Moses was his choice as leader of the Israeli exodus. But the Moses of age 80 was not the Moses of age 40. Moses at age 40, I mean, this guy had the best of education, the best of training. He was a little bit full of himself. He took matters into his own hands. But 40 years on the backside of the desert will humble anybody. And the Moses at age 80 is lacking in self-confidence. He's reluctant. He, he tells the Lord, you know, I, I've never been eloquent. Come on, Moses, are you kidding me? You had the equivalent of a Harvard education. You, you were the cream of the crop being raised up in the Egyptian culture there. But the Lord knows how to prepare his servants, doesn't he? And after uh, expressing his reluctance multiple times, Moses finally gets on board. He returns to Egypt. He confronts Pharaoh with those famous four words, let my people go. And the response from Pharaoh uh, was predictable. He stubbornly refused. 
Simultaneously, the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And if I could just pause for a moment of theological reflection here, it introduces perhaps for the first time in the Bible that age-old debate between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. If God hardened Pharaoh's heart, how is Pharaoh personally responsible for disobeying? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that age-old debate, sovereignty of God, the free will of man. Which is it, pastor? I say, yes, it's both. <laughs> you, you find this theological tension in the scriptures right here, uh, even in uh, the book of Exodus. Still ahead, the second half of Dr. Ron Jones' Something Good radio message, Exodus, Freedom from Slavery. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request, and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. And while you're there, visit the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. That web address is somethinggoodradio.org. Once God miraculously delivered Israel from slavery in Egypt, it was time to show them how to live in the promised land. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Exodus, freedom from slavery. Um, You know some of the story, God pummeled Egypt with a series of plagues. Ten of them in all uh, that included water turned into blood, frogs, lice, gnats, diseased livestock, boils, hail, locusts, darkness for three days, and then the biggest one, the tenth one, the killing of the firstborn sons of Egypt. The ten plagues that fell upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt did so as a reminder that the God of Israel is greater than any of their phony gods. Don't mess with Yahweh. Don't mess with him. Uh, concerning Moses, D.L. Moody famously said, and, and keep in mind, Moses led to, uh, lived to the age of 120 years of age, and so his life breaks down into three nice little segments. D.L. Moody uh, said, Moses spent 40 years thinking he was somebody, uh, 40 years learning he was nobody, and 40 years discovering what God can do with a Nobody. The writer of Hebrews best summarizes Moses' life of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. Listen to this. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. You know, when I read this summation of Moses' life in Hebrews chapter 11, I'm encouraged. Humanly speaking, Moses made a lot of mistakes. He killed a man. But from God's perspective, he walked by faith. 
he was a man of faith. And, and take some encouragement uh, with you with regard to that today. Uh, can we say more about the actions the Lord took on behalf of the enslaved Hebrews, the people he called his chosen people? Well, the writer of Hebrews already alludes to the Red Sea and how the Lord turned the Red Sea into an escape route from the angry Egyptians. Later, God made Israel uh, drink from, uh, uh, well, he turned bitter water into sweet drink in chapter 15. He fed the Israelites from that bread from heaven. Do you remember the manna? That story's in the book of Exodus. He made water flow from a rock in the desert. That story is in the book of Exodus chapter 17. And, and then uh, he defeated the Amalekites on behalf of the Israelites. And all of that and more is uh, recorded in these first 18 chapters. Uh, the mighty, mighty exodus, freedom from slavery. Don't miss just how, how huge of an event historically it is for the Hebrew people, but, but how it is a grand, grand picture of our salvation. And that'll come more clearly into focus as we, as we move on. Chapters 19 through 24, the theme is freedom to live right. And by chapter 19, now the, the people of Israel, three months out of Egypt, they've come to the base of Mount Sinai, to the wilderness of Sinai. From freedom to slavery um, now meant that they can enjoy the freedom to live right. As God began to give them his law, and to establish um, uh, the terms of the covenant relationship that they would, would live in. If you think that the 10 plagues are dramatic enough, <laughs> well, you come to chapter 19 and to the base of Mount Sinai, and God descends upon the mountain in great glory and power with claps of thunder, flashes of lightning, fire, smoke. I mean, it is a, a dramatic scene. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19 now and pick it up in verse uh, 16. It says, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. What a dramatic scene. Uh, another reminder that the God of the Bible has a, has a flair for the dramatic, doesn't he? The Old Testament law established the responsibilities laid upon Israel by the covenant God made with her. These are the details of the covenant. And the chosen people of God, the children of Israel, were to keep the commandments that God had given to them, all ten of them, plus uh, the detailed civil ordinances that followed in chapters 21 to 24. And it gets pretty detailed there. But the Old Testament law always raises questions for people like you and I, 
believers in Jesus Christ, New Testament believers, it raises questions about what is our relationship as New Testament believers to the law of God that was given to the Israelites. And especially when we come across verses of Scripture like this in uh, the New Testament, John chapter 1 and verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Is John setting up a, a contradiction between Moses and Jesus? Are we casting aside all that Moses brought? And, and what is our relationship to the law that preceded the grace and truth that came through Jesus? Or Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, uh, the, um, uh, the great uh, book of Romans where Paul uh, lays out in, in, in magnificent ways uh, the Christian faith. He says in Romans 6.14, you are not under law but under grace. We're in the Old Testament book of Exodus. We're at the base of Mount Sinai. We're at this dramatic place where Moses came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments and all the laws and ordinances that governed Israel. How do we relate to that? Well, uh, some Christians have taken the phrase not under the law as permission to live and let live and to become, in effect, a, you know, a law unto themselves. The Apostle Paul says in his letter to the Romans that such people are lawless and have become abusers of God's grace. That said, part of the confusion with regard to the Christian and God's law lies in uh, several aspects of the law that we need to understand. And here I'm talking about the civil aspects of the law, the ceremonial aspects of the law, and the moral aspects of the law, which are coded in what we know as the Ten Commandments. Let's just talk about those for a few minutes. So there's no mistaking how we as New Testament believers relate to a scene like this, let alone the instructions that are given. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel operated as a theocracy. God was their king, and he governed them by his laws. Now, some of those laws found in Exodus, not to mention the larger Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, they sound strange to us, really strange, especially when we get into the book of Leviticus next week. But they didn't sound strange to the people at that time or to the people of that culture. You can go to some small towns or even some big cities today, and you might find a law that's still on the books from 1850-whatever, and you go, that is really, really weird. Doesn't really relate to us today. Um, and that's, that's sort of how we, we read some of the laws and civil ordinances that governed the theocracy that was Israel. Freedom from slavery, freedom to live rightly before God, freedom to worship God, these are the major themes of the book of Exodus and a beautiful illustration of what it means for each of us to come out of the darkness of sin and into the light of salvation. You're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message, Exodus, Freedom from Slavery, is part of Ron's series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Look for it under the library tab at somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, a teaching series from Dr. Ron Jones that takes you through all 66 books of the Bible and explains how all of them hang together in perfect harmony. Something Good Radio receives all of its financial support from friends and listeners like you. 
And when you donate this month, Ron will say thank you by giving you a new ebook he wrote that goes along with his series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. The first of the eight ebooks in the series is based on the books of the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. Request your ebook today when you give a gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. It is a picture of Jesus Christ. It's also a reminder of just how much God wants to have a personal relationship with us. The extent to which he will go after the fall in Genesis chapter 3 to re-engage and to reconcile sinful man to himself. He said in no uncertain ways, you come to me on my terms, but I want to have a relationship with you. And this is part of his grand redemption story that picks up steam here in the book of Exodus. There's freedom from slavery, freedom to live right, freedom to worship God. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Exodus, Freedom from Slavery. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.